When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello! <laughs> this is a podcast. We're here. Ready. We were just discussing that several months ago, you went on prep yeah. for no reason at all. Yep. You want to tell people what prep is? Sure. So my <laughs> friend is a swinger, yeah. and he goes to sex parties, which sounds super fun, but I'm terrified of STDs. Yeah. And so the next day, I was having lunch with my homosexual friend, and I was telling him about my friend, how cool it sounds, but how I can't do it. And he goes, why don't you just go on prep? I was like, I have no idea what prep is. Apparently, it's this medicine that you take, and then you 99.99% cannot contract HIV. This is insane. I have to double check, because you were telling me just a second ago that you can be on, you can be exposed, whether you're an ER nurse or, mm-hmm. you, or you, you have unprotected sex, and then if you find out immediately and take it very quickly within the window, you will not contract yeah, HIV. My friend's, my friend's fiance is a ER nurse, uh-huh. or ER doctor, actually. And so if somebody, a homeless person comes in, you don't know anything about their blood work, you're trying to get a IV in them and they have an episode and you get stabbed. It's a non-issue because you just go, you take this medicine for like a month uh-huh. and it guarantees that you, even if they were HIV positive and you did a blood to blood, you won't contract it. I'm just thinking, so people who go on it are people who have been exposed to HIV. So yeah, so possibly people, normally, like, normally you're, you're a homosexual man who's having unprotected sex with various people. You're an intravenous drug user, or you're a psycho who's terrified of STDs, even though you're heterosexual white male using condoms. And I just was like, you know what? I'll double down. 99% effective plus 99.9% effective. What could go wrong? Turns out a very small percentage of the population has an allergic reaction to prep. So for about a week, I couldn't sleep because I was you so itchy. You didn't know why, right? No, it took me a couple no days to figure No one told you. Out. No, no. Because every- I remember you being like, I'm having a tough time sleeping. Dude, I was so itchy yeah. last night. Dude, all of my friends who are on it were like, dude, there's no side effects. Yeah. There's no side effects. It's a wonder drug. Yeah. And finally, after three days of insomnia, maybe you, I forget someone said it. And I gave it a Google. And it's like, you know, a very small percentage of people get extremely itchy on this medicine. <laughs> it's like, fuck. And the worst part was, so I hadn't slept in days because I was so itchy. When you go off it, it still has to work its way through bloodstream. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped taking it, but it still took another, like that night, even without having taken it, I was just like, why did I do this to myself? Dude, yeah, the same thing. I told you this, but I went on uh, Propecia so I don't go bald because my dad has super got the thing and I'm starting to get the receder. And I was on that for a week or whatever. And all of a sudden, I'd broken up with my ex for about three months and then one night I'm up till 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, I miss her. I need her. I love her. I was going. And I was. And then the next night I'm up again and it's 5 a.m. I went to bed, by the way, at 10 p.m. It's seven hours of laying there going, I got to call her. And it's been three months. I haven't I haven't wanted to. Yeah, and you weren't like that the week no, prior. No, 
And at one point I'm up so late and I go, oh my gosh, when I wake up in the morning, like I'm going to have to remember to take this because it, it wasn't a habit yet of yeah. taking this. And you're afraid that the sleep deprivation would lead to hair loss? And well, and, and, and I was going, oh my gosh, because normally I, I do it at whatever, 10 or 11 in the morning when I wake up. I'm not going to wake up at 10 or 11, so I'm going to have to remember to take this. I go, wait a second. I started taking essentially something that messes with your hormones about six days ago <laughs> and about five days ago i started having a horrific anxiety <laughs> horrific anxiety which i was attaching to this breakup yeah i was like let's just see if i don't take it tomorrow morning yeah. and no joke by 1 p.m the next day i was completely fine your brain is like i was completely oh, fine well it and then i i remember feeling because we don't have a period so our hormonal profile is fairly level and I just had such empathy for all the women that I've dated who have had massive fluctuations of estrogen or whatever throughout their cycle and have gone crazy. And I go, just just deal with it. You know what I mean? Just just be logical about it. Because in that moment, there was no – I was – I made a promise to myself. I said, if this happens for another seven days, I don't care. We're getting back together. Everything I said about – I'll do anything uh, yeah, to end this. Everything I said about breaking up is wrong. What is What does Rovisha do? It, it just shoots your estrogen up? I know, no. I think I think this is going to be the most bro science you've okay, ever heard. Okay. So essentially, the reason that men go bald and women don't is because men have chemicals that make them go bald. And I think when testosterone or dihydro or ditestosterone breaks down, it breaks down into this thing that like bonds to your hair follicles and makes them weak. So being a man and then getting older, which is your your male chemicals start to break down in certain ways, leads to hair loss. Hmm. Uh, and so what it does is it like binds to those things so they don't break down as much or it, it reduces the amount it just does affect your hormone profile you can look it up if you're if you're that interested but it has this is why they say the other effect is that it'll, it'll affect your libido it affects the things that positively or negatively i think negatively okay i didn't i didn't notice It'd be an effect. amazing drug if it did yeah, both. yeah. <laughs> right? you're gonna keep your hair in a boners all the time <laughs> no wonder hymns is a billion dollar company and uh yeah so it was it was just the it was the hardest night of my life nice. and i looked up the chemical thing i knew it for a day and i went this is not this is not worth it there you go yeah don't do pharmaceuticals <laughs> um so lots of stuff this week though oh good that that is not prep related do we want to jump right into this whole china thing do we just, sure sure i just, had a china thing there's too, so though. much man i was gonna save it because we're just bash we're doing a lot of china but let's yeah let's do it well it's i'm not i'm interested in the people again i'm not really interested in the geopolitics but so if you're not familiar, China is a country. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really, you're really taking that podcast comment to heart. I want Someone to commented and said we jump in halfway through assuming everyone had seen the past episodes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll catch you up. So China. It's a republic, actually, I think. China's out there. They've got Hong Kong, which they, they own but don't own because of colonialism. The British took it, and they're due to get it back, I think, in 2046. 26 years. 20, whatever. So, so they're now moving in in increasing ways to extradite people back to mainland China, which Hong Kong, certain protesters are fighting. Yeah. And the internet is very much the internet. I say the internet. Reddit, which I'm, is the, my gateway to the internet, is very pro-Hong Kong revolution. Mm -hmm. So what happens is then these people go on hearthstone which is a game owned by blizzard and the guy wins a tournament and he says free hong kong revolution of our times as he wins in the winner's podium blizzard reacts takes away his prize money and bans him for 12 months mm -hmm. then the internet reacts and so the update is that blizzard then commuted his sentence to six months do mm. you see this no and said he would get his prize money oh wow yes 
And of course, there's all the stuff with the NBA we talked about in the lot past. I won't. I won't waste too much time. Well, can I hop in with the NBA? Sure. I don't think you heard this. There's a Chinese streaming company mm-hmm. that had said they were not going to broadcast preseason NBA games, potentially not NBA games. Apparently, a lot of Chinese people canceled said streaming company. Really? Because they are already streaming. Yes. They are already mm-hmm. streaming NBA games, which I thought was fascinating because the dialogue had been China's this evil, faceless empire run by dictatorship yep. and the u.s is capitalist and so the capitalists mm-hmm. are bending over backwards for china censorship yeah turns out there's no good or evil everybody's profit driven yeah and so the company needs to be on good terms with the chinese government that's the thing if you're a chinese yeah, yeah. company you can't have an adversarial relationship with them sure but very quickly also needs to be a profit driven organization mm-hmm. and so they're already streaming preseason nba games are they really all of this fuss Nothing really happened from Daryl Morey's tweet, except for that there was a uproar. Well, I think this he does... didn't get fired, and they're streaming games. Are the Rockets still existing in China? I don't know, but I think the point is James Harden what jerseys? money what what money dictates to occur is what will likely occur. And and so the government is obviously a huge spender of money. But this was my my other point is people are super mad at Blizzard for kowtowing to China, and then they've listed all these companies that delisted this is over the last several years taiwan as a country all these airlines that delisted Mm -hmm. taiwan as a country in order to appease the chinese government and they're furious and they think there's these this group of greedy people that exist only in these corporations and that then there's them and the rest of the world and what i see is a bunch of people who are profit driven yeah who do not make who who only care about getting cheap goods and not spending too much money yeah yeah china's whole economic strength comes from the fact that other countries buy things that were made in china because they have cheap labor questionably ethical cheap labor i mean imagine if apple released a new iphone and they said look here's the deal you can get the the foxconn iphone with chinese labor which is not you know you can not like what happens there yeah. for a thousand bucks. Or we're going to show you transparently people paid in another country that isn't. We're going to pay them more money. We're yeah. going to make sure they're good. They, government that supports freedom of speech is going to be two grand. How many units is that iPhone going to sell? I have a question. Is it a unique <laughs> color that only exists if it's two grand? That's a great because, mar- that's because, a good marketing mind. <laughs> because if it's a different color, it will sell really, really well. If It'll they look some. identically, yeah. It won't sell at all. If you could virtue signal based on it, that's, oh a, that's a great God. point. It would, it might sell more. So well, hopefully, you know, maybe there's something good that can come of virtue signaling, which is this kind of stuff. But the point being, my, my hypothesis is all things being equal, people will not spend more money for the same product in order to pay for ethical sourcing. Well, let's go, let's go one greater. And I challenge us and all our viewers yeah. in the world to, to do this. How many people that are upset with China and their treatment of Hong Kong, and are upset with the NBA for being profit-driven and censoring themselves, went out and threw out all their made-in-China products <laughs> or swore to never buy a made-in-China product again. Because if you're going to be mad at the NBA for wanting China's dollars, but you aren't willing to take a financial <laughs> hit to stop giving China your dollars, then we're all hypocrites because we're all doing the same thing the NBA is doing, which is being profit-driven. Sure. And China isn't a monolith. I wouldn't even suggest that that would be a, a wise way to go about protesting. But I'm like, oh, this is made in China. It's bad. But the point, I think... The well, deeper that's where point, their economic power comes from. The deeper point you're making from- is be concerned with where things come from, right? To pay for a process of whatever, sourcing food, sourcing items that is ethical and that you 
are proud to support. Yeah. That's actually not even my my point is if you are really really upset with someone for letting China bully them economically while supporting China's economy, I would look internally before you get mad at other people. Sure, and I I, I agree a hundred percent. And I was trying to think, okay, so maybe people aren't going to do that, but I think there's analogs in normal life for normal people, whether or not they are have the time to source things. So basically, what we're saying is the NBA blizzard bent over backwards for somebody who has control of their paycheck mm-hmm. not even total control of their paycheck some control yeah, over control like 10 percent of their paycheck and so if that's upsetting to you and if you don't like that and i i take this to heart myself and i really do want to apply this where is that same principle playing out in your life meaning have you ever watched your boss treat someone in your workplace really badly And because you weren't the man who was being treated, you sat there and shut up and didn't say anything. Rather than risk your paycheck to speak the truth and stand up for the oppressed in this case. And I think until we live in a world where I and you and the average person is willing to put their very limited financial dollars on the line in order to do that, you cannot expect Blizzard, which is just people to, to do the same yeah. thing or the nba to do the same yeah, thing. yeah it's just an organization made up of people just of people. like us yes. just like you who don't want to get fired who have other people who care about the profit motive and and it really does we often like to say that these governments have power and i don't deny that there is some ins- china's capable of crazy things a few people in a room can move the world but the world is capitalist mm-hmm. and it responds to demand mass demand so this i always how do you change the world is i think you go to the not the demand side. Like, what are we demanding from China in terms of their products? Where are we putting power in their hands? We don't, you know, we talk about ethically eating food. Like maybe if people didn't want to eat as much meat or demanded, they said, we want a meat alternative that tastes great and we're willing to pay twice as much money for it. Within three years, we'd have some really good tasting soy product that was yeah. like just as good as a burger. So I've been thinking about that and how we need to just keep that in mind for our sure, business yeah. and our And life. I don't think, just to be clear, I don't think anyone has to do anything. In <laughs> no, you, the don't sense have to. That you don't have to stop buying things from companies that are in China. I would just suggest when you find yourself upset with a government or a corporation, look to your own behavior and see if you're doing something that mirrors it. Because mm-hmm. I think that will give you empathy for the NBA. Because the NBA doesn't want to lose $10 billion of revenue a year or whatever. And most people don't want to spend an extra $10 on a shirt. And so they won't get one made yeah. in America. Yeah. And I think that if that's if that resonates, then I think it'll give you empathy for what's happening. Sure. And let me let me address one rebuttal that I think people might have, which is, well, the NBA is rich. The NBA is talking about billions. I don't have that much money. Well, the NBA is not a human. Those billions are strewn between. And if you're listening to our podcast, this isn't true of every one of you, but most of you are in the 99.99th percentile of well-off humans that have ever walked the face of the planet Earth. And you're just comparing yourself to the 99.999th biggest corporation. So, like, you are, you have more to give than anyone has ever had before you. And if you're unwilling to, because the NBA has more, that that does not protect you from your own principle no, applying and, to you. And almost everyone can have that logic, right? Mm-hmm. James Harden can go, listen, yeah, I know I make $40 million a year, but the owner is the one that's making billions. And the mm-hmm. owner can go, I'm not Steve Ballmer. I don't have yeah. $40 billion. Everybody can always look to the right side of the bell curve if they want to, to justify an action. Yeah. So this comes back to something we always talk about, which is the world is, in most cases, your psychology 
multiplied by seven and a half billion people yeah. and per person multiplied by the amount of power that particular individual has. Yeah, with a couple it, Ted Bundys mixed Yeah, in. with a couple <laughs> Ted Bundys mixed in. Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad you said that because I do think that's important to note. There are some aberrant yeah. psychologies that are that are in there. But for the most part it's within a spectrum of pretty close it's close to us. To, and to by us and, I mean all of us. Yeah. So so that's China. That's all that I wanted to say about that. F transition. Nice. <laughs> we got our first, first comment on the podcast, which is where someone... Someone wrote see- the word first. Yeah, I was like... Nice. We did it. Yes. <laughs> Look, Mom, we made yes. it. <laughs> there, I, didn't, I didn't realize there was a rush, but... There I was, is. I, now there is. I love this. <laughs> it's a cold rush. I love you guys. And we hit, we hit 10,000 subscribers. Yep. And I love which is every great. single one of you more than my own family. <laughs> I'm capable. Actually, I really, my mom subscribed, I think. Yeah. So I love her. So she's in she's in that group as well of people you love. Yeah. So we hit 10,000. And yeah, it was, I think, in part because we, well, in massive part because we talked about it on our main channel, which we'll continue to do. But I will say, and we are interested in doing this for longer. And I think it has potential. I'm not certain. Quite frankly, Every minute that I spend on this is certainly not the best from a financial perspective, but arguably also not the best from an impacting the world in a positive way perspective. And I'd like to tip that balance toward the podcast because I like that we get to talk about these sorts of things. I think they're important, but the reach that we have is so limited compared to Charisma on Command, the main channel, Mm. doesn't always make a ton of sense. So if you are a fan, if you like this, we do want to continue to do it. And what I would ask for is leave us a review on the Apple podcast thing. Mm. We just discussed that that's sort of an indicator of credibility, not just the ratings, but the number, the number of yeah. ratings. When you're like, oh, people listen to this. This yeah. isn't this guy, his mom, his dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. which probably makes up 10% of our reviews right now. You know, well, Actually, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure my mom hasn't reviewed the podcast. I'll have her do that. Uh, <laughs> one star doesn't call <laughs> home doesn't enough. Call, isn't coming home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> one star. Uh, so if you, if you're a fan, that would be super helpful and subscribing to the channel. We, we are in growth mode, I think for this, we want this, Mm -hmm. we want this to happen. So we appreciate you guys listening. That's, that's what I want to say about that. I've got some other stuff if you want to, but before I I move too far off politics, do you know, I got nothing else with politics. So there's a lot about China that we, we, we touched on and I'll do this. The PewDiePie, New York Times article. I'm sure you didn't see it. No. Because I wouldn't have seen it unless my mom sends it to me. Mm. Uh, and I looked at it, and it's fascinating, man. I want – my thesis with the news, I will tell you, is that the story isn't the story. The adjectives used are the story, which is to say when there's a bombing or whatever – that's not the story. The story is whether they describe the people who did the bombing as revolutionaries or terrorists. Mm-hmm. That is the story. They're inf- the, the power of all media to influence you is from the frame of the story. Sure. It's not from the uh, – there were 16 rockets as opposed to 14. It's, so I'll read you some of the examples. This is with regards to when PewDiePie uh, made the Wall Street Journal with that – what do you say? Death to Jews. He had the Fiverr mm-hmm. guy hold up the death to Jews thing. They're still talking about that. Uh, well, they're they're explaining it to people who don't know but have heard that PewDiePie is a right wing extremist, and they're mm. so here's what it is. What's the title of the article? Uh, I forget. It's I'll have to look. That's a great question. Honestly, that's probably the most important thing. But this, the headline the headline is uh, pretty pretty special. But I'll read this to you. So and and partly it's because 
Shelberg, I think that's how you say his name, responded to being called out for those jokes, and they're describing why he got flack, and other, and other offensive statements the way a reactionary might, by mocking his critics, casting himself as the victim of a media smear campaign, and refusing to back down. So this thing says that reactionaries respond to criticism by saying that it's not true, but also people who are falsely accused <laughs> respond to that by saying it's a media smear campaign. Uh, people who are, and I think in his case, I followed it pretty closely, were completely taken out of context where they go, this guy is a Nazi. And I feel like they lost the thread of what a Nazi is, did, or meant when there were Nazis yeah, yeah. in Germany. And perhaps, you know, even some who still exist today. Hitler would like, rank him as an F Nazi. They weren't, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, willingness, willingness to crack jokes a wouldn't have the cut it. Yeah. My German uh, accent is So cool. that's one. And then here's, here's one where he responds to it. He says, a few days later, Shelberg posted an angry defensive video in which he vacillated between self-deprecation and grandiosity, accusing the journal of punching down at a rookie comedian, seconds before saying things like, old school media does not like internet personalities because they're scared of us. He recast the journal's article as a conspiracy, implying that the jealous, dishonest mainstream media had ginned up fake controversy in order to take him and YouTube down a peg. Now, key words here, defensive. When someone's defensive, it's because they did something wrong, mm -hmm. right? You would never describe someone who is wrongfully accused as defensive. That's, mm -hmm. that's what somebody is when they're caught cheating. Another word, recast. Like, he, he took it and changed what the journal's article was. That wasn't what the journal's article was. So they've, they've said in one word, that's not true. Yeah. That's all they had to say. And then... As a conspiracy. Now, who, who has conspiracies? Conspiracies aren't true by right. the definition. Crazy. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. And so the whole article was, I mean, Felix, you could tell, kind of, he asked for this interview. And I think to a degree, kissed the ring and, and gave them an interview and said, and for that, they were willing to bless his shoulders and touch his. This is my perspective on it, obviously. He said, New York Times, I want to do an interview with you? Yes, after this, uh, after there was, so the, the sub to PewDiePie thing, this is what started it. One of the guys who shot up Christchurch said yeah, yeah. sub to PewDiePie at the end of it. And he felt terrible about that and shut down the sub to PewDiePie meme. Effectively, I was shocked how quickly he actually was able to go, don't do sub to PewDiePie anymore. And they, and then he asked for an article because he didn't want this to be the case. And I read it, and it absolves him, but mm -hmm. also not without throwing these yeah. these things in. Which is to say, if I were writing the article, it would read my bias, which is my bias, that the Wall Street Journal took him out of context in order to gin up fake controversy. And the words that I chose would reflect that yeah. bias well you you do believe that the old media is scared of the I, media I do believe that the, the old media the presidential debates <laughs> yeah got as many views as joe rogan when he had bernie sanders yes and pewdiepie gets more views than most television shows so you how's do see... old media been doing since new media came around yeah. how's that paywall working out for you new york times you guys making as much money these days how's your circulation like new york times might be one of the few that's hanging on but old media has been destroyed sure to say that they're not afraid of new media is to say that they lack a survival instinct i i, I well wouldn't... i think if you're if you're them, you want to appear above it, right? Of you course, say, of course. All they we're have not scared of new media. All we're... they have is the veneer of authority. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then the last one that I'll just read you really quickly. Uh, when Schellberg is accused of being far right, he doesn't respond by protesting he's a classical liberal or a heterodox stoic or whatever YouTube reactionaries are calling themselves these days. 
which again, this is what he is. Uh, instead, he insists that he's not interested in politics at all. It's a clever strategic position for a guy whose audience straddles the partisan divide. And again, saying that he's not interested yeah. in politics is now a strategic position as opposed to an honest yeah. representation of his feelings. Like, uh, there's no... The, and, and again, they have a bias, as do I, and I don't, I don't forbid them their bias. Yeah. I think it's important that that we acknowledge that there is no objective news out yeah. there. There's just people sharing their biases and then revealing their biases as best they can. I'm sensing that you hate the New York Times. I'm very anti. I've yeah. been because, and you know what? It's not the New York Times. It's their coverage of YouTube, which is the one thing that I feel close enough to to have a an opinion on. So when we talk about Hong Kong. I'm not close enough to say what's happening on the ground, but I do feel fairly close to YouTube. I'm, I probably watch more PewDiePie than all of the people who have written about him combined. Uh, he did three breakdowns on him, so it's kind yeah, of your job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I've and I've since watched and uh, and the art. Anyways, I, I read that and was disappointed, but again had to step back and say, oh, "Don't get angry." The whole point is to is to gin up. A feeling in well, I the think reader. That, I think that's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lesson that I I don't have as a habit, and I think a lot of people don't. Is when you're reading something, to look what is the agenda here? Like how was this written? Yes. Right. I think the news is so fun to read when you assume that the story isn't the story, and you ask yourself, and you can do this with my videos too. This isn't this isn't exclusive to the New York Times. This is this is for human psychology. What does the author want me to think? Mm. Is such an illuminating question and it always comes back to uh buy me read me pay attention to me so if you go to our videos i mean there's there's obviously a layer of it which is teaching people and i try to focus on that layer but certainly what i want you to think is that i am an expert and charisma is important and charisma is important and the person we're covering is charismatic and exactly there's a lot of implicit things that are in any video that i do by virtue of my psychology my incentive structure all of my motives which must come through in anything that i create Mm -hmm. uh and i try to straddle a line of being of saying okay i don't want to uh I don't want to cite a study that is going to make it pretend that I've done a study that I haven't done. But certainly I'm portraying myself as an expert. And people often ask, how did you learn all this stuff? And the truth is I picked it up and learned it and make it up yeah. throughout my life. And then I take it out and practice it. And things that I said three years ago, oh, that was that was a unnuanced understanding of whatever topic. I'm constantly still learning. So I am not – if I am an expert, which I do think there's argument that I am – it is not that I am the authority, period, on charisma. It's that I've just spent a lot of time thinking about it. So it's fun to, it's fun to look at videos and news and all that kind of stuff uh, with, with the author's agenda in mind. You learn a lot about people and psychology and how the world works. That was my thought on that. I don't know if you have any reaction. No, that was a good rant. It was a rant. It was a rant. That was, <laughs> that was, a, good, that was a good rant. What else do we have? Any news, Angel? You guys want some current events? I think so. Yeah, Let's yeah, do yeah. it. I've got a couple things here. Uh, Martin Scorsese uh, did an interview recently where he said that he doesn't feel like Marvel movies are cinema. Uh, he said uh, uh, he compared them to theme parks, uh, saying that it isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional or psychological experiences to other human beings, which is why he doesn't feel like it's true cinema. Um, and of course, Marvel stars and collaborators aren't happy about it. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to see if you guys agree with that. No, I cry during every Marvel movie. I'm I'm deeply touched. <laughs> well, I always think <laughs> it's myth. I always think that it's modern day myth definitions are so fun. That's why I asked, you yeah. know, can you before I can say if I believe in a moral code, can you define yeah. moral code? 
because he says it's not cinema, but I'm pretty sure cinema is the science <laughs> or art of motion picture photography. So, Scorsese, I I question your definition of yeah, cinema. Yeah, yeah. What he's saying is I don't like this. And I this, know what he's saying. We what gotta, he's it, saying is I'm going to denigrate <laughs> it and insult it because I don't like it. And what I'm saying is you picked a weird word because it's definitely cinema. Sure. I think this goes back to the New York Times thing. It goes back to the conversation we just had. It's just people are trying to use their language to convince you to believe what they believe, right? And yeah. so I always just like to go, well, let's let's look at that sentence. And, and is to, it cinema? And to universalize a personal opinion. It sure, <laughs> which it sure is, is. If you look at cinema as... I don't like Marvel movies yeah. is what he meant to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Totally cool. But he wanted to make it so that other people... I think Martin Scorsese, what he says, yeah. carries weight in movies. Yeah. He wants to convince the populace. Yeah. To stop being so fussed. About I don't even I, if he's trying to convince the populace, that would be a, a silly. A well, silly a, yeah, yeah, but it's a. I mean, they're obviously cinema. You could say they're not good cinema. You well, we could de- say they're not. We we debate this again. This has been a very philosophy heavy day. But this we talked about what is art, what qualifies as art. When Duchamp puts up a a urinal in a in a museum, is that art? He didn't have to make that. When somebody when somebody scribbles on a piece of paper or does one red dot on a thing and it's in the MoMA, and you go, how is this art? And your instinct is. No, art is things that follows X, Y, Z, A, B categories. Yeah. And then you dig into it philosophically. You go, anything that moves anyone in any way is artistic in, yeah, in that way. You, had, you said you had an almost ayahuasca-esque high during Endgame, right? Yeah. If that's, yeah, and that's art. And I would, well, the other thing I would say is, I'm going to counter you. I would actually argue it's the most popular cinema of our time. Yeah. So not only is it cinema, it's the most beloved, most popular cinema. Sure. And that hurts as a cinema maker who's trying to make something that's not Marvel, but... yeah. That is what the box office numbers seem to show. And I think that he might be missing the the mythological aspect of these things. I mean, people have talked about how superheroes are modern-day mythology. Mm-hmm. And we'll see over time. Maybe these will disappear in five years. I don't think they will. I think I'm going to show these to my kids. Well, they've already been around for decades. They're yeah. based on stories that were written and, in the 60s and, and 70s. And Martin Scorsese's made great movies, but they do not have the staying power I'm of gonna, Iron Man. <laughs> I'm going to hard tangent you, actually. What's funny, what does he define cinema as? He doesn't define he it. He doesn't man. define it. He in just says that, mo- no, he says that moves people, right? He's, oh, yeah, he said, uh, 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 it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional or psychological experiences to another human being. People cry in these movies. People feel overwhelming joy in these. Yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting that that's his lens. You know, we are, mm-hmm. we all have our bias. Mine's not better or worse, but it's interesting that that's what he thinks of Marvel movies. Yeah, because it's just not what the evidence shows about Marvel movies. Yeah, people get very upset. They yeah. get very joyous. They are definitely having emotional moments because of this cinema. It might have been a flippant comment that he just was like, is in an interview they asked. He was like, I don't think it's in. And then he's like, whoa, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was just some words that I said. I don't believe that. <laughs> I was pretty sleepy. <laughs> I'll do a quick, quick tangent on Marvel and then we'll go on. Did you know Marvel was insanely progressive in the early 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? No. Captain Marvel. So I went to the Marvel Museum with my parents because it's in Philly when I was home last. And they, Captain America was used to get kids to take cardboard boxes and disassemble them and, and help the military get boxes to ship guns over to... Is that progressive? Sorry, it's just very politically... Political. Politically inclined. Well, and then... Superman they, fought Nazis, right? Captain America fought Nazis. I think Superman did too. Maybe. And then they had, they had early interracial couples, early gay characters, mm. early... They, they took some heat for trying to be on the hey it's okay and we're gonna put this in front of kids that it's okay yeah i thought it was really interesting i had no idea 
I don't I don't know a lot about the history. I just watched the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought it was cool. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Ellen DeGeneres is in a little bit of hot water right now. George Bush? Yeah, because she yeah. defended her friendship with George Bush in her talk show saying that just because people have different opinions and beliefs doesn't mean that they can't be friends, that we should treat everybody kindly no matter what. But uh, people argue with her that it isn't just a matter of opinions, but that he's actively taken steps to destroy people's lives, which makes it a little different. I do think that that is a fair point. If you believe that George Bush, I mean, listen, if Ellen were sitting next to a serial killer taking a photo, going, we're just different. We believe different things about human life. Uh, people would, we'd all agree. Now, if you believe that George Bush's decisions knowingly started a war that killed more people than if you believe this i'm not saying that i do that killed more people than any serial killer in fact all the serial killers in all of history innocence i understand that perspective well is that what people are upset about is it the wars yeah and presumably i don't i don't i think it's that he started two wars primarily adds that people have been calling him a war a war criminal got it okay i do think that it is strange to on one hand insist that the president of the united states has massive powers doing terrible things is messing up the world and on the other hand to say we just have political differences either this has real world consequences no dissimilar to me hitting someone like presumably if george bush had punched ellen's friends in the face she would not sit with him but if at a distance he makes decisions that to her kill needlessly thousands of people it's strange to be friends and and call that now maybe that's not how ellen feels mm. maybe she just thinks that the wars were justified or maybe she dis yeah that the wars were justified maybe she thinks that uh she disagreed with his stance on gay people and he's since changed his mind about that and and those are uh chasms which i think can be crossed but killing of innocence seems to be one that you wouldn't hang out with someone over if, if that was your belief. So I do understand. I don't think people are crazy for saying you can't. You better not kill any innocents, dude. It's on camera. Yeah. Your hypocrisy is going to come back You're, and bite it's you. It's going to bite me. It's going to bite me. Don't kill any innocents. Yeah. And, and, and of course, there's uh, and now that I think about it, we all make decisions that kill innocents. We not do things, right? We don't donate. We don't, we don't get involved. We do. George Bush made, had just higher scale decisions. So I can also see that perspective of, what, he could not go to war, and he could potentially let, in his opinion, Americans die, or he could go to war. He could, I, I suppose what matters when you're assessing a friendship is not, is there blood on their hands? Because in a weird way, there's blood on all of our hands for all the things that we don't do. It's how do you feel about their motives and and thought process and intentions when they when they kill the innocent yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or fail I mean, to I mean, I think them. that's the question no one knows, right? That's yeah. the big question is what did you, what did he think about the weapons of mass destruction? Yeah. What did he actually think? Yeah. What, who did he actually think was responsible for nine 11? Yeah. Why did we actually enter those wars? Truly? No one knows. Maybe yeah. him and Dick Cheney know. Yeah. And I think if it's Halliburton motivated, you're allowed to have a certain opinion. Yeah. And if it's some sort of math about human life on both sides, yeah. then you can have a different opinion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him. But that would mind. certainly that would be the number one thing that changed your opinion of George Bush, right? Would yeah. be how did we end up in those wars? Yeah, and the how whatever you think the answer is is going to color your opinion view of him guy. aggressively. Sure. So, anything else? The last thing I have is that a marketing company based in Texas called Kickass Masterminds mm. um, they posted a photo of an applicant in a bikini uh, with a caption warning future applicants not to post such pictures because they come off as unprofessional. 
the applicant, Emily Cloud, tweeted that she was objectified by this company and um, asked them to take it down. And for a while, they refused. There was a lot of backlash online, but eventually the CEO had to come out and apologize and deleted the post and said it was a lapse of judgment and that her entire company is now suffering because of her decision. But I thought that was kind of funny that a company with the word kick ass in their official name (laughs) has anything to say about what is or isn't professional. Also, they have in their past on their uh, company profile posted pictures of people in bikinis as part of their marketing. So it's it's a little bit hypocritical and it. This one, it makes sense that the internet was outraged about this one because it's bizarre. And Angel went deep on this one. He, yeah. This, this, one, this one hit him in the feels. Because I, I was kind of annoyed while doing this one because it's just, I don't know where these people get off thinking they can judge who isn't, isn't. I, and then why would you post somebody's <laughs> picture publicly and say this person applied to our company? Don't do it. They like, I don't know. That bothered me. Yeah. Well, very important detail. Is the photo something they found on her Instagram? Or in her resume, did she include a no, she included, 8 by 11 photo? Of her, it. No, no. They found it on Instagram. Dude, I'm what? joking. <laughs> I believe that she followed their account after she had got an interview. Um, and I think that's no, how they... No, they just stalked her oh, Instagram. I, oh, really? Her. Yeah, yeah. She just handed it in her resume. Oh, I, I was understanding that she sent in this, no, like, no. oh, God. No, she no, that's just, why I asked. She was tracked reg- her down? She was a regular applicant who interviewed and they were interested in her. And, and then they wouldn't take it. Well, this makes no sense Yeah, anymore. it's like if I applied for a job and they're like, in 2013, you went to EDC shirtless. And then you're like, could you not have my thing? And, they're, and they just kept it on there? Yeah. That's like the least kick-ass marketing you're I've like, ever heard of. You're like, hey, uh, kick-ass so I, mastermind. <laughs> I get that I don't get the job, but could you maybe take my shirtless photo yeah. off of your Instagram page now? Yeah. And they're like, no, it's a lesson to others. Yeah, that is beyond. Uh, you don't want to work there. Good news. You dodged a bullet. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty bad lapse of judgment. Just it's so simple. It's like why stick your neck out to? I don't understand this on Twitter or on this or that. Like why be a dick to strangers? Well, dude, this is actually why? something. I think that I think that it has tipped. But I remember when I was applying for my first job, two thousand and nine. Uh-huh. I think it was. Uh, we had to. Did we talk about? Sorry, did we talk about our applicant? I'm sorry to interrupt, but remember our applicant? You got an email. Oh, no, I don't think we've talked about this. But we're not going to put this person on. I was going to say their no, name. You've got to say shared, this What now. was it? They shared a document. They shared a doc with you. And, that was, and normally if script. I share a Google doc with you, it says from Ben Altman. Yeah. Google just sends that. Yeah. What was theirs? I forget. I remember. You don't remember? No. You got it. So Ben opens his email and it's from a woman who, because we know, it says like, because uh, like her name is like in the, t- the title of the document for the script writer that we've been trying to, to work with and train. And it says, Ass Bandit. Yeah. Share a document. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I opened my work email. That's what it was. And it says, Ass Bandit has shared a document with you. And then it says, Script by, and then the woman's name. And yeah. I went, All right. And okay. I, so I shot a reply. I was like, Hey, thanks for this. I'm going to share it with Charlie. By the way, you might want to change whatever shows up in your. And I forwarded it to her. So what she got was forward. Yeah. Ass Bandit has shared. And then. Yeah. Her own script. Which yeah. Is great. It's hilarious. She never responded to me, but she did continue, she did in, the continue in the process. She did continue in the process. She didn't write me back. Process. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a little embarrassed. It. And uh, didn't make our website or our Instagram, but now you did make our pod. Yeah. You're, you're an aimless story, whoever you are. <laughs> I love it. Well, I thought anyway, it was funny. What I was going to say is when, when I was applying for jobs in 2009, I did scrape my Facebook aggressively. Mm-hmm. All the drink, all the underage drinking photos had to go because people were saying, they're going to judge you on your Facebook because the bosses were in their 40s and 50s, had never had a Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And even though they drank underage, they had the thought process, 
it's irresponsible of you to allow yourself to be photographed. And how could you be so stupid? How could you be so to dumb? To put this publicly. To put this publicly. Not because they didn't have phones everywhere yeah, yeah. they went that had cameras in them. And I think we've tipped to the point where even the people hiring in mid-level understand when you see a picture of a 19 year uh, the applicant's 22 at age 19 they did a beer bong yeah i think we've hit the point where you got to go yeah no duh yeah am i gonna not hire this person because three years ago when they were 19 someone else photographed them doing a beer bong yeah we all did it i did it we were gonna hire ass bandit yeah <laughs> they wrote a good yeah. enough script no and i'm saying i think we've tipped <laughs> i think we've kind of tipped to the point where it's like you know what unless it's really crazy yes yeah you, you drank illegally you're in a bathing suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think like most companies are just, yeah, this is pretty normal behavior. For sure. Yeah, everybody, 19-year-olds are, are crazy. Well, this, <laughs> this article, They're all drinking and doing drugs. <laughs> this article resonated with me too because um, my digital past is always something that worries me. Yeah. Not because I've done anything wrong. I'm actually, I've got a pretty vanilla past in terms of drinking and drugs and everything like that. But there's a lot of very embarrassing things. Mm. And so... Uh, that's I'm, why this got better research than the Hong Kong, <laughs> than the Hong Kong protest. Oh, it's the longest, uh, it's the longest one on this list. Uh, let's just say, um, I'm glad you guys didn't look too deeply into me before hiring. <laughs> didn't okay, nothing wrong. Just embarrassing. Didn't look at all. Yeah. That's, that's, I am so not interested in, in anyone who worked for me, social media. I could not nope. care less. Didn't even check your criminal background. Hope you're not <laughs> a criminal. I'm not a criminal, but I used to be a performer. So there's a lot of bizarre costumes and outfits that. Yeah. Honestly, even if you were a criminal, as long as you're not a current criminal. It was, tr it was, can you do the job? Yeah. It was, was the question. And we're realizing as we hire, are you honest? That's, that's foundational. Now yeah. we have not tested you yet, Angel. <laughs> I left my wallet around the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I went, my wallet's missing. There's booby traps found it. all over, ah, all over. Nice. <laughs> well, now that I know you guys, you can see my, my stuff. I just didn't want you to see it before. Uh, but anyways, let's 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 do some fan stuff, right? Yeah, we're, we've had a long cast. Today. Some viewer questions. Someone wrote in that they don't like the term fan. That's okay. Yeah, I just I didn't think it was like a. I thought it was a good thing. They're like, I'm not a fan. I'm a viewer. I was okay. Like, okay. Or a listener. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. A supporter. It's just meant to be. An, yeah, it's meant to be a nice thing. Whatever you want to be. Supporter questions. Dude, you're just a person who is, just happens to hear these words at this moment. That's who you are. You're not you even are, a person. You're a collection of atoms. We got no claim put on together you. by. <laughs> what else? What is the uh, the the collection of atoms question? Not as many questions this week, so I encourage people to make sure to ask questions in the YouTube comments. So I have a lot to pick from. Yeah. Um, but we did get a couple. Because uh, he likes to ignore some of them. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He wants to be able to not have some of your questions. <laughs> We just we want the good ones, um, but we we got we got a couple this week. So uh, this one's very simple. But Tuan asks, "How do I stop being a people pleaser? Uh, what is your take on people pleasing in general?" Mm. Did we do a video on this? Yeah, there's a video. How to stop people pleasing? Yeah, yeah. Find <laughs> find the video. How to stop people pleasing? Yeah, that's, that's my advice. That's it was the best advice that I came up with when I was thinking about this for a week straight yeah yeah i would i would i'm trying to think if there's anything that i want to say to you while you because when you ask a question on the podcast you want to you get a little personalized answer just, uh watch that video for sure and i don't know that i say this in the video but i think it you're gonna have to serve some master who are you pleasing you know what i mean and and if you don't get connected with the things that please you internally then you'll find a way to please other people. So in any given moment, I found it really helpful to be like, how much am I enjoying what I'm doing right now? Mm. Like scale of one to 10. Like is this a one, a six, a seven, an eight, a nine, a 10? And you'll start to see that there's things in your life that are ones and things that are nine. And so when you start pleasing yourself by, <laughs> sounds, 
Sounds uh, suggestive. I, get, you, I did it. I did it yesterday. <laughs> did it, that means, the exercise, bros. The Jeez. exercise. The I was mental exercise. It's a nine for those of you who are curious. Yeah. Uh, when you start to do that, you you can get a new. You can be a self please. <laughs> Question for you. Do you still do it? Because I know you were very, very good at doing it when you were newly out of the breakup, yeah. trying to figure out what makes you happy, dating a lot. Do you still do it or have you fallen into new patterns that you don't Both. I, I do it and I do it less frequently. Yeah. So, But I still have moments where I'm going, how much am I enjoying this moment? It's like, wow, less still, than my behavior would lead you to believe. Yeah. Do you still do the prediction spreadsheet? No. no okay. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Um, that one's good too, though. Well, that's that's this, but codified. Yeah. So the prediction spreadsheet is before something happens, you predict how much joy do I think this will give me, mm-hmm. and then as it's happening, not after, because after you write kind of, your little phone. you go, how much joy am I experiencing? And you notice, wow, I hang out with this one person all the time, and I always think it's going to be a nine, mm-hmm. and it's always a five. Yeah. And then you see another friend once a week, and you go, wow, I thought this was going to be a six, and it's an eight. This person is much funnier but for some reason because of our history i don't update my software mm-hmm. on that and it will help you to hang out with the right people or to do the right activities henry yeah. your brother basketball for him he loves it yeah he didn't play it for the first six months he got here mm-hmm. and now he plays it three times a week it's just a very helpful exercise for moving towards the things that actually make you happy mm-hmm. for sure okay what's the question <laughs> the question is that uh well, Flavio is basically asking uh, that when you guys are when you guys talk in the podcast that you guys are easily able to come up with your points and it seems very spontaneous mm-hmm. and you kind of know exactly what you're saying. They have trouble with their sort of brain to mouth connection. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it is that they're trying to say until after they leave a conversation and they just want to know what tips you have to in the moment be able to recall upon their thoughts and opinions. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Opinions? I find it's really helpful. I don't listen to anything you're saying. And the entire time you're talking, I'm just thinking, what am I going to say? Yeah, I find that, that's really helpful. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Because yeah. really, when you're talking, that's just time for yeah, yeah. me. That's meaningless for you. To be thinking. Yeah, exactly. So. No, what do I do? <laughs> uh, how do I actually think of things? I don't know. What do you think? I know that there's a couple things that I've done in my life. Because I have, I witness people like Russell Brand, who I look up to at oh, a yeah, stratosphere what a of. Oh, yeah. gangster incredible spontaneous articulation that is beyond anything I've ever done in my entire life. And one thing that helps is watching him. It's weird. When I do these breakdowns and I immerse myself in a person for a week, Mm -hmm. I start cracking jokes like them. I start talking like them. I adopt their cadence. And that's just within a few days. So what I would say is pick someone. It could be Russell Brand who you really like the way they speak and watch it could be a few minutes a day, and I'm not kidding. Less than 10 every day would probably do it early before an interaction. That primes you to do that in your first interaction. And now that you're primed, now you're practicing what you just did every single day, even if it's only in the first interaction of that day. So that was – I remember I did Chris Pratt. I was so much funnier yeah. for like six days. Oh, we all remember. <laughs> oh, we all remember. So and that, that would be one thing is to watch and just – absorb copy people that you admire there's another thing that i know i do that i just watched you do as well which is it's not actually don't listen when they're speaking it's by yourself time to think so a lot of times we pause when we're speaking and that is to let our brains catch up to Mm -hmm. some extent and i think a lot of people they feel a pressure to not pause because they think it'll either create an awkward pause or they'll get cut off there's a science to it. I'm sure we could do a video on it, but there's times when you can pause that you know you're going to keep the person's attention. Mm. And there's times when you can pause in a way that could be the end of what you're saying. 
And so the goal, I actually made a video about how to not get talked over that might have this, but the goal would be to pause when it's obvious you have more to say, but that will buy you time, I think, to have your brain catch up. Yeah. And I just saw you do it while you're talking, and I know that I do that too. So what's interesting is, because I do think when you talk for part of the time, because we're on a podcast, and I definitely think more when I'm talking to you here than I do when we're talking downstairs. Yeah, for sure. Because I need to be more articulate. And when I think while you're talking here, there's words in my head. I can hear them. But when I'm speaking, there's no words in my head. It's it's blank. And even when I pause, there's not, oh, shit, what am I going to say? Because when there's an, oh, shit, what am I going to say? That's when I'm on stage and I am boned and they're, oh, God, crash and burn. <laughs> so interestingly enough, I think relaxation yeah. and meditation is going to be huge because sure. I'm not thinking as these words are coming out of my mouth at all. No sound in my head. When you talk, that's when I do the heavy lifting synthesis. But now this is this is off the cuff yeah yeah and then that that goes to any social <laughs> confidence exercise that we've talked about before it can be helpful in terms of we have a couple on simple habit right hmm? we're no longer working with them but we have i, I put a couple on simplehabit.com you can get a free week trial i think it's simplehabit.com slash charisma mm -hmm. we're no longer working with them but i did some some meditations to yeah gear yourself up before you go out if you want to listen to some of those yeah and if you go to that link then they'll know what they're missing now ah, yeah yeah show them it wasn't personal i followed up I was like, hey, I'm just curious. Is it because we weren't performing well? And they, they said their strategy is different. I think they were going, they're early stage apps. They were going yep. users and now they're going money. Mm -hmm. But they can't, not just canceled all influencer marketing, they canceled all paid marketing. Wow. Which I think is interesting. And they'll probably start it back up. Sure. I just so, thought that was interesting. So that's, that's a huge piece. And really even more important than all of it is just watch someone that you like for 10 minutes a day. That's how I practiced. And then I actually did it for a period of time. I was remembering the Russell Brand, Donald Trump video that I did. I talk about how Donald Trump uses really small words and Russell Brand uses larger words and when there's opportunities for both. And I would practice, I remember, for that whole week being in a conversation going, I'm going to trump this one and just only use one or two syllable words yeah. for an entire conversation. Excellent practice. Isn't that almost always the better way to go? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, as, I love Russell Brand. And I think he's very impressive. But I, in communication, it's almost always better. Not it's, it's particularly when you're on camera and you have a massive audience when you're on stage at a debate. Then you want to use smaller words. But if you're speaking to someone, the, the time for larger words is when you know your audience and you know that they can handle larger words and you can be more precise with larger words mm -hmm. and you sound smarter, which is Huge. Yeah, but you know what? I had a friend. Huge. I had a friend growing up who was the king of using really, really long words. Yeah, but he used them inappropriately. I know who no, you're talking. No, about. no, no, he didn't. But it just made him sound pretentious. So there's certain words that hit that when you say usage instead of use, right? Because they're dead. One's two syllables. One's one. There's no difference. But I'm, I'm thinking of the person that you are talking about. I feel like he used words that JB. Were, yeah. I think he was pretty good. Okay. I think he was pretty good. I'd have to go back and double check. It's not his real name, guys. Spoiler. <laughs> I protected his anonymity. I protected his anonymity. All right. Next question. This is the last one. Um, I'm not sure if you guys will have anything to say about it, but I, it interested me. Uh, Gage asks, what is your guys' opinion on the quote-unquote red pill movement? Uh, Do you think it is beneficial to society? So the red pill movement. That's a good question. Every, you know what's funny? Everyone co-ops. <laughs> I gotta go now. Yeah. Uh, everyone co-ops the red pill. It's it's every marketer's thing because you want this. You get to associate it with Keanu and the Matrix. Oh, the Matrix. Yeah. You go. Do you want to be a loser and take the blue pill and stay in the past, or the red pill and move into this new paradigm? By the way, in Matrix, I'm taking the blue pill. I'm in the <laughs> Seriously, I've thought about it. I used to be out of the Matrix. 
you're just into another level of simulation. That what sucks. You- <laughs> <laughs> that totally sucks. You're eating gruel. I'm up here eating my binary code for yeah, steak. Yeah. I don't even feel guilty because it's binary steak. And my life has a purpose. I'm a battery. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who are you helping? Now I'm just a gruel eating <laughs> robot fighter. You know, it's funny. If, if it weren't such a dark thunderstorm filled overworld and the pods were like in a bright place and the robots had happy faces... You could be like, aren't we kind of doing a good deed? We destroyed the world in our war with them, and now at least yeah, they get yeah. to survive off of our body heat while they give us an incredible existence. The best we could have. Yeah, they tried by, to give us a the, better one. By the way, <laughs> if we have a truce and we pull everyone from the Matrix, we just live in Zion yeah. underground yeah. because we ruined the world. But it has this romantic... Anyway, yes. It has this romantic conversation. But the red pill is... Uh, That's as, not what this person means yeah, when as, they say red pill. As I understand it, it is... Uh, uh, the movement of men, and I don't even know what the unifying thing. It Should would, I Google it? Yeah, see if you can get the unifying thing. It's how, I guess the red pill is that you, as a man, are not told the truth of male-female inter- intersexual dynamics. Ooh, wait, hold on. This is, that, I love Wikipedia for this. Sure. The red pill, together with its opposite, the blue pill, is a popular cultural meme, a metaphor representing a choice between a life of harsh knowledge desperate freedom and the brutal truths of reality now is this relate to yeah with regard to i think intersexual dynamics in yes this, in this case. and the blue pill represents a life of security tranquil happiness and blissful ignorance mm. as to the harsh realities of life mm. so that's that's Got what it. it references so yes yeah, so the, the so red the, pill thinks they have the harsh brutal truth, truth of dating yes and i think a couple i think that there's I've read I've read a ton of stuff on the red pill. I have not. I find it fascinating. Now my my critique of it is going to be too specific because you have to have the understanding. So I guess I kind of have to talk a bit about it. Yeah, yeah. Tell, assume that people don't know what it is. Okay, so I will try to represent their beliefs as best I can. Okay, this but is, say they. They, so not we can't me. Have this clipped up into a disaster. Yes, yes. I believe that their belief is that there is a harsh truth about how women and men operate and their belief is that women are opportunistic lovers who give one set of rules to one type of guys who they call alpha men and one set of rules to another type of guys who they call beta men, beta males. Uh, and for the alpha males, they are more accommodating sexually. They're more likely to break the rule that they have. You know, I don't have sex on the first date. All of a sudden, you, you find out. And for the beta males, they're more likely to try to engage in a long-term relationship that that man provides emotional uh, and exchanges, quite frankly, emotional and financial security. And in many cases, there's an exchange of, of security, which I think this is the part that they don't often recognize is you're getting – you're signing up for this, right? Yeah. Uh, but these men are often upset because they find out, for instance, that their wife, who wouldn't sleep with them to the third date and is not very sexually... Yeah, maybe has no interest in sleeping with them now. They're yeah, married exactly. and they have sex twice a month. Yes, and then they find a sex tape from when she was 22 in college. And she had a threesome. And she had a threesome. And it's crazy, and it's yeah. something that they've, in, they've expressed interest in. Yep. And the wife has no interest in doing with them. With and them. it's very upsetting to them because yes. they go... Why that guy and not me? And so it's it's a movement of understanding based upon several different types of experiences that men have, which is in having one version of women and the woman that they are with or married, and then being confronted with that idealization being shattered. And I do think that men and women can take the red pill 
in terms of you're going to find and marry someone that completes you and loves you in the way that you've been waiting your whole life and now you found the one. I think we all need to take the red pill with regard to that and go, that is a fantasy. It is not going to happen. There is no mommy or daddy waiting to save you. But that is, that's <clears throat> gender, that's both genders. That's of course. Everyone. You're just yeah. saying that there's there's that Disney ending yes. of we'll never fight. Yes. We'll always be happy. They will complete me. Yes. They will take care of me in all the ways that I desire and they'll read my mind whenever I need them. Mm -hmm. And that's not happening. And uh, because this person is with me, I have a monopoly on their sexual affection, their love, their et cetera. Their desire. Their desire. And that is, again, not true. I think people lie to one another, men and women. You're the only one I've had eyes for. I knew from the moment I saw you. We all participate in this. And that's not been my experience. You can have faithful behavior, by the way, you, and, and still have desirous thoughts of course i mean that's what being human is i think but most people do not want to hear from their partner that i right now am more interested in that man or that woman sexually than i am in you and if if all the rules were off the table i would i would go do that and tonight i'm just not feeling it with you and that crushes people because mm -hmm. we've been promised and told that love means that they want me and only me forever forever every day forever. every day forever in this in in this way so it, this is a tough question to answer because i feel like i have to exp I, I wish you could perhaps maybe next week ask me about some particular red pill beliefs because it is such a well i i know i mean you've told me it's such a broad your, spanning movement. your view is that <clears throat> the part that they miss is that all humans mm. it's not gender specific all humans enter into relationships with certain desires and things that they want to get out of those relationships. And that can differ relationship to relationship. And that's just that's just what having a relationship is, whether it's sexual or friendship or whatever. Yeah. That's that's your high level take, is my understanding. And so these this yeah. this idea that uh, this idea that women are conniving and evil while men are magnanimous. It's like if you think women are conniving and evil, yeah, men are conniving and evil. We're and all just think, trying to maximize. If you, think, yeah. if you think what you're doing is magnanimous but self interested then what your partner is doing is probably magnanimous but self-interested. Like yeah. your behaviors, you're all, you're all motivated by the same self-interest slash generous, compassionate yeah. slash shitty parts of being human. Yeah, bottom line up front is I don't think that there's a moral distinction between men and women where we go women are bad, men are good. That that I I think is yeah, an exactly. undercurrent or women are deceptive, men are not. Again, it's just, it's absurd. Like, I don't buy that at all. And those will be the arguments. Women lie, men don't do this, men are loyal, which is like, which men have you been hanging yeah, yeah. out with? And you're, but your argument <laughs> like, isn't that they're wrong. Why, again, you some women lie, some men lie. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's not that, it's not, you're not saying that everyone's a paragon of virtue. You're actually saying that everybody. <laughs> yes is all the genders are unfaithful and everybody in the right circumstance is probably going to be unfaithful and now let me say where i do think they have a fair point that i think is worth doing they they accurately say that our biological uh evolutionary history creates particular psychology sure. in us so the biology of a man is an infinite pretty much ever reloading stream of semen yeah. You can get anyone pregnant, and you can verify this in your own life. And the biology of a woman is that once a month you drop an egg a certain number of times until you hit menopause. So I could go to any and culture. And then if you get pregnant, you're pretty physically vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. So I go to any culture in the world, and you can see how this breaks down in gay couples. And you ask, who is going to be uh, more sexually reserved? and Or not reserved, it's granting less access sexually. And it's going to be the person who stands to get pregnant 
and have that Most child. Most of the time. Yeah. And obviously there's because some women that are very... Because there's a greater cost. They need to be choosy with that. And again, with all of this, all of these rules are broken on an individual level yes, all some, the time. Some men are very chaste and some women there are, are not. There are gay men. There are gay women. There are straight guys. Yeah, there are religious guys yeah, who yeah. don't have sex till marriage. There are women who, they have sex before marriage. Yes. Um, yeah, you're just saying that it's it tends to be the stereotype of the culture and that stereotype tends to come from the majority of behavior. Yes. And so they accurately say that, okay, a woman's sexual strategy is going to be a product of her biology. And her biology says that she has a phase where she is, what is it, is ovulating and a phase where she is not. And it also says that she has uh, two primary needs, which she needs. She needs to get the best uh, son, daughter, genetic, healthy that she can possibly do, which, by the way, we all do. We all filter for health in our spouse. Yeah, yeah. That's everybody. We all want that. And because they have this vulnerable experience of pregnancy, they need someone who will stick around, take care, and provide for this very, very vulnerable child, which comes out way too early compared to every other mammal, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Baby giraffes hit the ground and are up and walking. Infants can't do anything for years. So... And then the issue comes where women, I think, most of the time, ideally, would like both of those to be the same man. She would like to pick a guy who is healthy, strong, uh, what we typically consider attractive so that her offspring have the best genes. And by the way, men do the same thing. They pick women who have all of those same qualities that they perceive as healthy, fit, young, whatever, going to be a good mother biologically. The problem comes when that guy does not want to then be the guy who sticks around and is the father and is and hangs out forever. When birth control totally changes the game, right? And birth control changes the game. So what these men find is that their wives, their girlfriends have a sexual past which is with one type of guy and they treat him in the bedroom with a sexually liberal way. And then they settle down with another type of guy who does not inspire the same desire. This isn't all guys. Them. Sometimes sometimes no. they marry someone that really jacks of them up course, in the bedroom. Of course, and I, like it happens all the time, but these particular men often have experiences like this. The people that are upset. The people that are upset, and they're and they're they're angry about it. They feel cheated, tricked, deceived, promised that they could get something that it's they happened. do not have. It does happen both ways, but there are, is, there are wives who feel very sexually unfulfilled, and they wish that they could have sex every day, and their husbands yeah. are the ones that are disinterested. Totally. And so that's, I think, I would love someone to represent a belief, but our criticism has been laced throughout, which is it's, yes, men and women are different. Yes, men and women have generally different sexual strategies. Yes, 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 yes. But a lot of our complaints. But you could imagine go, should, go to all sides. Shoe could be on the other foot. Yeah. And, and what, men aren't looking for healthy people that are, that are going to give them the best future that are going to do this? Like, we're all just trying to satisfy some, our dude, needs. Dude, a lot, a lot of men, even and <clears throat> myself included, to some extent, they, they want a relationship that's going to be to the end of days you know one of the, that's yeah. one of the criticisms of the red pill is that that you know they say that women are looking for someone that they can take advantage of yeah. by having that person stick around to take care of them throughout life yeah financially or whatever it might yeah. be men want a lot of men want the same thing from their wives which is someone that's going to stick around forever through yeah. sickness and in health and help them when their times are tough or make Whatever it is. So I think it's... Well, you have to ask yourself, why is this... You know, these men feel cheated many times. And I couldn't... I, there's no individual... That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, weirdly enough, the, I think the red pill 
has some insights into relationship dynamics, hmm. but everything goes through their, their lens. Of, of, and a lot of their lenses are hurt and sad or angry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And not all of them. And a lot of what they teach can still have merit. And self, like not, could I imagine to be in this other position? Or do I see the other side of what it would be to be a woman searching for a man? You know, it, no, it's a, it's a, a lot of times it's a guy who does get cheated on or whatever it is and then finds the red pill and it lines up with their life experience yeah and it helps explain to them what happened by the way in a way where they don't have to really necessarily blame themselves for not being the guy that she wants to have the threesome with mm -hmm. and instead they can go you're like oh women yeah so i'd love i i actually really think a lot of the specific claims are fascinating we've talked about the general stuff a lot. If you have particular questions about those claims, I'd love to talk about them. Yeah, it's probably better to talk specifics because because it's, it's, talking about any movement. Yeah, there's or, a lot in the movement. Group of people there's who feel differently, movement. and and I'm sure some are going to feel that I've miscategorized them, and I probably have because yeah, yeah. I'm talking about this amorphous thing. Sure, if there's a million people in the movement. It's like ask me how I feel about Republicans or Democrats. Yeah, or like it just doesn't make any sense. So if you have a particular or even the Republican yeah platform. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. If you have any particular questions about a red pill belief that you would suggest, yeah. please ask me. But what I'll say at a high level is that I do think if I had to give the general good and the general bad, uh, there tends to be a very self-interested, cannot imagine the other side and does not see that there's intersexual traitorousness, cheating, deception, and exploitation occurring everywhere all the time. And I do not think that you can point to one gender and go, they do it more or worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they accurately say that, look, there's been this weird Disneyification that is setting people up for heartache yeah. where you think that you're going to get your princess Jasmine or your whatever it is, who's going to love you till the end of days. If, if you put that ring on her finger and that's not the case for women or men at all. And I think take the red pill in terms of learning about the truths of human psychology and what drives people and how, uh, you are not guaranteed a happily forever after just because you do the things that every song and movie tells you. you yeah, need yeah. To do. that's a valuable lesson. <laughs> uh, because you'll have your heart shattered a lot of the time, yeah. if that's the case. And quite frankly, you will have culture to blame, but also yourself if you're wise at the end of that. Uh, so yeah, ask a specific question. I would, I would love to talk more about it. Hello. Hey, what's up? This is Charlie. Hey, nice to talk to you guys. Hey, can you hear me? Who? What is your name? I haven't actually gotten it from my podcast producer. Uh, it's Devin. Devin, thank you so much for uh, making yourself available. Hey, you got me here as well, just so if you hear a second voice chiming in, you're not like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for uh, for hopping on. Yeah, so I'm, sure. I, we're we're excellent. We're shooting a podcast. I saw your you had a fairly long thing, but I mean, I'll let you sort of set it up. I haven't said anything about it, so let us know what you wanted to chat about. Okay. Well, um, first off, I want to thank you guys for um, your awesome podcasts. I think that they've been really uh, diverse in their topics and very stimulating intellectually. That's awesome. Our I, pleasure, I'm, man. Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> intellectually stimulating. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so um i guess these are kind of fundamental questions but i think they're important to establish before we continue on mm -hmm. so do you guys believe that there are moral codes that are either incorrect incomplete or maybe even inherently bad so i i don't know if we want to both answer 
separately, what I would say is that I don't, I guess you could describe me best as a relativist, which is to say I certainly behave and believe in my own uh, person-to-person behavior. I say, don't do that, do do that, but I don't think that there is a divine objective uh reasoning why anything like donating to the poor is better than murdering someone as far as on the scale of the universe or uh that sort of thing right what about you ben define moral code what's that can you define moral the question was do you think there are moral codes that are better or worse right so i'm just asking you what is a moral code in that question well i think it's kind of certain rules that you have in your own life that that you value that something that you think that are important in a person's life that they should follow and it's something that is kind of a a path that one should should walk i guess yeah yeah i'll go with yes i'm gonna say i believe that people shouldn't randomly murder and rape their way through the world and should instead be kind to strangers. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I I agree with Ben on on the personal level. I would just uh, on the philosophical level, I would say I cannot find an, an independent justification. For you don't that. think it's because of the divine? Mine's kind of the golden rule. Sure, but uh, let we'll, we'll proceed and and uh, see where we go. So what else? Okay, um, well, because you all de- kind of just define what you mean by moral relativism, real quick too. What do I mean by moral relativism? I I mean that uh, moral codes presuppose uh, the foundation upon which they are built, which is to say that we—is something good or bad is a human concern uh, that necessitates a human perspective, which when we talk about universality, you could also take the perspective of the couch that Ben sits upon. And what would be good for that couch— would certainly not be the ending of the genocide in Darfur. Like it, it, every assessment of whether something is good or bad is relative to a particular being. And to say that something is universally good uh, does not, to me, make sense because you would need to define to what subject that thing is good or bad. Okay. Awesome. So then, do you guys think that People knowingly break their own moral codes, something that no one else has told them, like, you did something wrong. They just, they did something that goes against their own beliefs internally. Sure, yeah, I've done it. (laughs) Not proud of it, but... Uh, Well, I think that's a complicated question. Honestly, I think it's a great question, but I think that what we define ourselves by is often the thoughts in our head and the things that we say. But clearly, something drove you to do that thing it wasn't the thoughts in your head and wasn't the words that you say. It was th- this subconscious urge to do whatever you did. So do we act uh, opposite our stated beliefs? All the time. Do yeah. we act opposite our conscious desires? All the time. Do we act opposite our subconscious drives? I'm not certain that we ever well, no, do. Well, no, that's who. The subconscious <laughs> drives who drives the boat. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking like my purported – it's not moral, but my purported value is courage and bravery and all sure. that. But then certainly there are times where fear will win out. Yes, and your subconscious mind right. is getting exactly what it wants. Yeah, that's the subconscious mind is too <laughs> right. It's going, I'm not going to talk to that person. Or yeah, do yeah. That so thing. my more, I don't know if it's a moral code, but my code could be, you know, to always face your fears and always push your comfort zones. But then there are certainly times where I'm, I'm too scared or too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I just try to minimize them. Right. Not perfect. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Hold on, we're losing you. Can you hear us? 
Oh, here he is. You, uh, okay. you, you, you just split for a second. Well, um, there's... What's that? Sorry, you you were interrupted oh, okay. for a second. But yeah, we're, sorry, we're, the we're, connection we're, might... We're back now. Okay. So you can hear me right now? Yes. Okay. So, um... So there's this guy that I found on YouTube, and he taught, he debates religion with various different speakers, and his name is Ravi Zacharias. And I think that he put this very succinctly when he said that if you believe that there is a moral, a moral law, so in other words, a moral code, something that, that is universal for mankind, then you have to also believe that there was a moral law giver that made that moral code. And I think the conclusion that that you've reached, Charlie, that there is that morals are relative to the person or to the cultural or, or era. Um, I think that's a conclusion that you reach when there is no God. So, mm-hmm. and I, that's the only. There's kind of two options there. So either one, all morals are an illusion that men have created for themselves, and what's the opinion of one man over another, mm-hmm. and, or a divine being has laid this law, and it's something that is universal and applies to all. And because he laid the law for man to not kill innocent, to not shed innocent blood, um, that is why it is wrong to do so. And I think even if you can, and we can debate which one is correct all day long, but I think that this really it shows what Jordan Peterson was talking about. Um, you mentioned that you didn't understand what he was explaining how, despite that so many people say they're atheists, they act like they're Christian. Mm-hmm. And basically what he was saying was exactly that. Just, we, sometimes we say that there's no God and morals are relative, or there is a God and moral, morals are not relative, but our law is predicated on the idea that God has made murder, theft, um, slander, things like that. They, he, has, he has said that these things are wrong. It's wrong to be deceitful. It's wrong to commit adultery. It's wrong to do all these things. So we have laws, for the most part, that, that go along with the Judeo-Christian values that, that Christians believe are given to us by God. And so that's why, um, also, when you were talking about natural rights, why that doesn't necessarily make sense to you, is because you are looking at it with your experience, which of course is understandable, but the, our founding fathers, when they referred to natural rights, they were referring to the fact that they believed that there was that there is a creator, and that he has given us these rights, and they don't exist because man says they exist. They're mer- merely just the sounding board that's declaring that they exist. Mm-hmm. They are merely finding them or, or defending them, but God is the one that's given these rights to us, so we have a right to, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's something that is basically what Jordan Peterson was explaining, is that our, despite what we say all the time, well, I guess some people, not everyone, but people that are atheists, they say all the time that they don't believe there's a God. The fact that you believe that there, there, there are moral codes that are better than others, or that we should defend people's rights, as like Sam Harris talks about, um, you kind of go against yourself if you also claim that there is no God. Got it. So so there's a, a lot in there, and there's some that I agree with, and there's some that I don't agree with. I know that Ben 
had a reaction. So I'm going to let you go ahead first. And and quite frankly, there's there's a ton to talk yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm uh, more just a hole poker when it comes to arguments than anything else. But I think uh, three things. I think the definition of moral code changed halfway through that from being a personal thing to being a universal law. Uh, at one point, you had said that our laws mirror the Bible, and that means that our laws come from God. But I think the Bible, certainly adultery is not illegal, and adultery is frowned right. in the Bible. And also rape is, I think, penalized well, the much first, more. The first, command, <laughs> the first commandment from God is not enshrined in law, which is thou shalt have no gods sure. before me. And certainly I would argue that most people do, <laughs> and it's definitely not oh, on, yeah. on the books. So, yeah, so I would say our, well, laws, I, yeah. our laws sometimes mirror laws that come from the Bible, but sometimes they don't. And so right. I'm not sure if they I understand that. come from the Bible or they come from man. And similarly, uh, even if our founding fathers were inspired by the Bible, if you don't believe the Bible was written by God, then those founding fathers would be making laws inspired by other men. So I think that's just a couple of things that I find unconvincing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really nice, thoughtful thing that you said. But those those are the things where I go, that doesn't really clear my critical thinking. Mm-hmm. I think right. that you, you I think that what you did, uh, you you basically raised the question that Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson debated for probably six hours, <laughs> which is, yeah, which is how do we get to one moral system being better universally than another? without something that stands above any particular individual. And Sam Harris goes, we can use our reason. And a lot of philosophers over history have gone, we can use our reason. And quite frankly, I agree with you and that I remain unconvinced by that. I think that there is, that reason does not provide a platform on which to elevate one moral code over over another, or at least I have not seen uh, an argument that I find compelling in that case, which is why I'm a relativist. (laughs) So uh, I think... Uh, but as Ben sort of alluded to, to say that there is no divine commandment does not say that one could not be an existentialist and create one's own values, which one recognizes are not innately better, but do serve purposes that are important to me, like creating less suffering in the world, making someone smile, right? Like those are basic. Human laws come from a variety of things, none of which I think are divine. Our human laws come from our history and some sort of weird democratic process that put them into being. And other countries are dictatorships where one person decides the laws and Mm -hmm. i think that all the laws could be man-made the bible could be man-made and that doesn't mean that it's not full of wise parts it doesn't mean that there aren't good overlaps well i actually have a question that that i think is so i I presume that you are a believer is that is that the case uh you you have a religious background yes got it got it yes i do and so i think this is and this is not to say that there's any problem with this but i would bet that you did not arrive at your religious belief after hearing these arguments from this particular person. I would bet that you arrived at your religious belief prior to having this explanatory background for it, which I would say is the foundation of religion, which is that it's it's a leap of faith in, 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 in that regard, and that it, uh, whether or not it is logically backed is almost not the point. <laughs> You're supposed to and this this isn't to denigrate it at all. I mean, this is to say that that's right. that's the leap is that whether or not 
the rationality and reason lines up with it is an afterthought. Is that is that a fair uh, characterization, or do you disagree? I I do think that logic is less of a tool to to judge what is truth in religion. It's mm-hmm. more, I think, especially. So I'm I'm actually a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and so my mm-hmm. beliefs are 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 different from other Christian um, uh, religions as well, like Catholic or. You know, any of just pick any denomination. Sure. Um, so we let me see. I believe that. Sorry, what was your question again? I, I well, already forgot it. How did you come to your beliefs? And my, and what my I do not think you arrived at them logically, which is not a denigration of your beliefs. It's to say that the logical argument you give. That's for an atheist, <laughs> right? That's to convince someone who right. doesn't have faith, who doesn't believe. But your beliefs. Uh, they started from a presupposition that, uh, I, what is it, the Book of Mormon, I believe, is true. Uh, and right. that was where it started. And then you went, what evidence can I get that supports this? And that's totally, uh, that's totally okay, but, right? I mean, you, you were a Mormon before you were a, before a logician. You saw, before you saw the YouTube video. <laughs> before you were a logician, right? Before you, could, before you could put together a syllogism, you believed this. I presume you were going to, to church and, and you were part of the community, correct? Yes, but there's a difference between just going to church and actually believing. Sure, it there's sure. Pe- there's lots of people that they go, and they're maybe they're looking for something, and but they don't know exactly what they believe necessarily. And and sometimes that that's what I was going to say was that we believe that it's by it's by taking the action that we can know whether it's true. Mm-hmm. So God has given us commandments to to not kill, to not steal, or to to give to others, to give service, to, to love your neighbor. And it's in doing the commandments that you can gain a testimony that it's true. Because in a way, it might not be as important to determine whether there is a God as it is important to actually determine whether the commandments are beneficial to you. Whether So it's like, practice this word and see what happens, and then you can know of yourself if it's true, yeah. or at least if you find it to be true. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that we are a little different in that sense. Um, I don't because I'm not very familiar with some of the other Christian denominations, but that's why I wanted to bring that up. Is like we have a very distinct belief about that. So the law of tithing, the way the best way to know if it's true is to pay your tithing and to see if you have noticed any benefits from it. Has yeah. there been any anything that you have re- received in return, a piece, a, anything like that, mm-hmm. and then if you have, you know that it's true, you know that it's good. And so, in a way, you are correct, that there's not so much of a logic to it. It's more of a an emotional kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's it takes experience. It requires doing it, and that's the leap of faith, is are you willing to give it a shot, yeah. knowing out front nothing about what it will do for you? Sure. And I would actually even say, uh, again, not good nor bad, but this is a bit of science, right? We've got some experimenting going on here, right? Give this a try, measure the results, see how they play in your life. And I'm all about that. I think that many things in life, perhaps with with the exception of heroin, and (laughs) I'm sure we could probably come up with a couple, are worth experimenting with 
just to give a try. And I think a lot of personal development is, you know, see what happens when you take responsibility for some of your life. Right. You know, just see if things get a little bit better. Uh, and that's that's fantastic. Uh, what that doesn't necessarily connect to for me is that while all of that advice could work, certainly it can exist in Scientology and does. It can exist in uh, Hinduism. And, and, and you can have different explanations for how those rules came to be that are varying different, are completely different, mutually exclusive, yet the rules work. And I do believe, and this is where I am sure we can agree, that that religion, LDS, whatever it is, a large majority of the rules that they set create a cohesive community and, in, in some cases, a fulfilling spiritual life. I wouldn't say in every case, but in some cases. True now, of many religions. Yeah, true of many religions. Now, that does not mean that, in my opinion, that uh, Mormonism would be more true than Hinduism would be more true than Catholicism, just because a cohesive community does not uh, a deity make. <laughs> do, do, do you yeah. understand the distinction there? And, and that's not to say, I think this is where we I would probably, again, both agree, is that if you're logicking someone into belief in God, that's almost like Pascal's wager in that they're just betting on it, right? Part of part of what informs belief is that there is faith and that there there's a lack of of sufficient scientific evidence to back it up, but we do it anyway because that and that is a testament to our to our faith, which which this creator seems to want. So I I don't get on board with the explanation of a creator God doing it, but I do see tremendous value in giving back to the community in the form of tithing and uh, assembling on one day of the week to all be together and to to put something higher than our own petty interest. I think that there's a ton of value right. in in what religion has done over over history. Sure, and caveat is I haven't read the particular book for your religion, so I can't stand by everything that it says. Yeah, and I would probably maybe yeah. things that I actually think are detrimental. I'm sure, I'm sure there are. There would probably be a lot, a lot, right? There were crusades as well, and there's there's parts of Mormonism I know a little bit about the founding of it that I would say that doesn't pass the sniff test for me in terms of I find that a credible. Uh, this definitely happened in the founding. But oh, I was sorry, I was just saying that just because it's good to tithe and it's good to be kind to your yeah. neighbor. All of that can be great advice. I'm just saying I haven't read your particular book, so I can't stand by all of it. Sure, sure. And yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. A, yeah. There's a lot of books that I think are a lot of religious texts have some good advice and some advice that I don't think should be applied to. Today. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think I, I also feel that way. Well, and that's what I was going to say too. I think that just as there are moral codes, like, and this is of course my personal opinion, just as there are moral codes that are. I, I think are better than others or or more perfect than others. Um, there are some religions that are that are better than others as well. And I think that of what I've been able to find in other religions, um, I see our this religion as being the most ben- the most beneficial and the most good. Um, and and of course, that, I think that's something that every person has to find on their own. Yeah, I think that but most I, people feel that way about the religion that they are born into. I think that most people find that they come to that conclusion, and it tends to correlate with the geography of their birth. Um, you know, that's not unique to to your religion. I think a lot of Islamic, Jewish, Hindu people would also say they look at other religions and see that there is value, but that theirs is the best, the superior religion. 
Yeah, and I can see that being the case, but I can at least speak for myself when I say that that hasn't been the case for me mm-hmm. because even though like when I was when I was younger that was definitely the case because I didn't necessarily understand as much as I do now. I didn't have as much life experiences to apply my knowledge to. But now I look back and I've actually had many instances where I've questioned whether or not this is true. It's not something that I just blindly follow. And it's something that you have to search. You have to keep looking for. Is this really true? Did I Was I wrong earlier? Did I make a mistake? Is this still true. And mm-hmm. at least for myself, that's something that I've been doing, especially recently, because I'm going to be going on a mission mm-hmm. for two years preaching for um, preaching to people in the Philippines, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I mean, that's a huge commitment. Yeah. Um, and so I've definitely wanted to know, I mean, if I'm going to make this commitment, I need to, I need to make sure, I need to know that this is going to be worthwhile not just going to be a waste of two years of my life or totally if there's no god it'd be a waste you know yeah uh, yeah and i think there's i think there's strong psychological reasons to, yeah, yeah. To, it, to... given that setup <laughs> there's a lot of incentive for you to find encouraging belief evidence so and this is not again i have no interest truly none in changing anyone's mind at all i don't uh, this this is what is i think that a lot of people all around the world question their faith and they question it and just zooming out pretending that i'm a martian and i'm looking at earth and i want to know who's going to be a mormon i don't ask who has asked the hardest questions i don't say you know did you know who has really explored all the books i say who lives in utah and if i want to know who's going to be muslim i don't say who's questioned the books the most i say who lives in and around egypt and the middle east uh, Indonesia, for instance. And I would say that the determining factor in people's religions is not the uh, depth, of the depth of their questioning, beca- because when we look at the world, they carve up into neat little geographies, which doesn't correspond. I don't believe that the deepest questioning people are located in any particular state or country. I, what I see determining people's faith is their community. And that's fine by me. I have no problem with that. But I, I, I I don't believe, I think that every, not every, many Muslims, Hindus, and Jews would describe the same journey that you're going on of, I had to really look at my faith and see, and, and, I, questioned and, it and I questioned it deeply, and I came to the conclusion that it is true, and that's based on my life experience, which is, this is then where I run into a problem, is better than the life experience of you Mormons in Utah, or you uh, Hindus in India, or you, or Jews, you, in or you Jews in Israel. Yeah. That's that's where I bump up against versus, it. Versus if they are all communities that believe books that came from humans. Well, no, I, listen, I'm not. I'm not no, interested. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that <laughs> that that then none has to be superior to the other. Sure, that's that's my take. And again, if you but but no religion I, has to be wrong unless you believe one of the religions. But and all the other religions have to. Here's be wrong. here's two things that we floated back and forth between the entire time. There's a universality and there's a personal, and we all agree repeatedly that the personal can be pretty much whatever you want try to be a good person and where we might be disagreeing right now is what is universally applicable so i'm certainly i think if if you're excited about your mission and you want to do it fantastic i'm in full support of that uh but in terms of the universality of going oh this is then therefore better that is where i would 
put my hand on and say I, I disagree. And I, we're not going to come to a conclusion here. I don't expect to change anybody's mind. No, but I do want to say I, oh, yeah. I respect your courage. Yeah. This is a difficult conversation, which you knew uh, was probably going to have people who had different opinions yeah. on. And you still had us give you a call. Yeah, so I appreciate that. So for that, I, I do respect the guts that that takes. This has been really fun. Yeah, thank you for calling in. This Very has been interesting to be able to discuss. Go ahead. There's a bit of a delay. I want to hear Sorry. what you have to say, though. Could you repeat that? I was just saying that this has been really interesting to be able to discuss this with you, and um, it's a topic that I'm definitely passionate about. Um, so to, awesome. to be able to discuss this with people that have uh, alternate viewpoints is definitely a, a huge, a huge experience for me. Yeah. Well, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of it in the Philippines. I wish you the best of luck oh, out definitely. there. And uh, thank you again for calling in. I appreciate it. This has been our first more discussion. I don't even want to say debate, but it's been um, – I really appreciate you sort of setting the stage for us to do more of this. So yeah, thank you, Devin. for people with different opinions to call in. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you, too, Ben and Charlie. Take care, man. And Angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Angel. Thank Later, you. Man. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. All right. What we got now? Now back to our regularly, regularly scheduled program. Regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, when I and I, we learned about Mormonism and I did a religious studies class. And the, a lot of the stuff, I mean, the Book of Mormon is, is made in jest about it. Uh, it's fascinating, man. It's fascinating to talk to people with different things. And I just have to remind myself of my own beliefs, which is... It's relative man <laughs> like you're not better than him you don't have a claim on the the truth like i i disagree with i think his perspective yeah, that's, what, that's what we said no and i think the <clears throat> my thing i'm not saying people shouldn't believe in religion mm -hmm. my only thought is if you do you should just respect that other people believe in different religions for the same reason that you do which is sure. they were born into a family that believe that religion that introduced it to them and the culture and the, and it has lessons that are good and they you know to to say that yours is better and others is wrong that's the only part where i'm like he believes now this is the issue well, of course i'm just saying they like yeah. you're, you're looking at a mirror it's like a like a yin yang or whatever yeah. you want to call it like they're standing here believing their religion and you're here believing yours yeah and you have the same reasoning for both you were born into it it makes sense you questioned it the laws that you follow you know the ones that you pick from the book to follow make you feel good and so yours is right and he's just over there thinking the exact same thoughts yeah but he thinks his is right and yours is wrong mm -hmm. so the only thing i take from that is like just don't tell other people that there's well, here, wrong well, here's the problem this is the the personal universal you know we all go libertarian oh everybody can do what they want everybody can have their own bubble of reality everybody can live uh free but here's we have to coexist mm -hmm. and what if one person's religion says spread it by sword yeah, right. Yeah. And another person's religion said freedom of speech. You, you're not allowed to say X, Y, Z words. And we have to it not. We don't have to. We can just kill each other. But we need some sort of governing thing. And that law needs to be, if not universally philosophically sound, universally applicable. <laughs> right. Sure. So we have to have these inalienable things. And then, you know, you get the founding fathers telling us what our inalienable natural rights are in an attempt to ground them in something more than just we say is, so. Yeah, there, was, there was a couple of us in a room and uh, we think we should all do this. And I guess I think they made some pretty good ones if and it's relative to your goal. 
If your goal is to create a theocracy, those were terrible ideas. You shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to create the type of society that we have today, which is capitalist with the relatively free exchange of ideas and uh, fairly maximized individual liberty, but I certainly can't punch or do whatever mm -hmm. I want, uh, then they've done it. But I guess I have similar aims in mind as the founding fathers, which is why I subscribe to the Bill of Rights, mm -hmm. <laughs> mostly, I think. Uh, but I don't think that they're grounded in anything that well, is just because something, superior. Just because a law is good doesn't mean it's divine. Yes, yes. Or, or is universal or was arrived at through pure reason or, or any sort of... Everyone's trying to say that this way of doing things you should be able to get there. But I think almost the very fact that these different pockets geographically, it can be so diverse, almost points to the fact that we're not all getting to the same place. These are, uh, these are community building ideas that serve whatever the goal of the community builder was. Yeah. And that could be theocracy. It could be anything so juicy stuff I'm juicy very to see what the audience juicy this juicy particular conversation it's gonna be a long one yeah is that it that's all i have this week that's it dude that's all that's the longest podcast so, so guys if you made it here please leave a rating on apple itunes it means a lot to to people picking this up if you are not subscribed please do that and We're, if you made it this far you're a legend god bless you we need shirts that say so i don't know die a legend or something it's like if you made it to the end of these podcasts it's going to be the end of your day you're a legend absolute legend <laughs> just a true all right hero. guys take care have a wonderful week thanks for watching talk to you soon. or listening peace when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.